You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to Skylight. This is the Skylight Books Podcast, and I'm your host, Lance Morgan. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Tracy Thomas, host of the very popular literary podcast, The Stacks. Tracy, thank you for coming in today. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. No problem. I said coming in versus coming on. It's like, hmm, that was very... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I want to, you know, uh, but thank you for coming on today to the podcast. Um, How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's been so long since I've seen you. Listeners yeah. know that me- that's one day. Like, yeah. <laughs> was in the bookstore yesterday. The bookstore doing a great event for um, Anthony's uh, book, Brown and Gay in LA. Yeah. Um, God, it was such a, I was so excited for that event. It was, the book is great, right? The book is really good. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Anthony on the podcast. Yeah. Um, no, I've been waiting. I was so excited for it. I was so excited for the event. And then, um, and then like there was like oh Tracy's doing a conversation and then two <laughs> minutes later I was like is it the day before yeah. our um, recording uh, so you know it was just meant to be yeah um, welcome uh, yeah I want to let the listeners know that the first time we met you were in the store but you're rushing out because you were going to a Renaissance listening party it's true and, which. One, amazing. What an introduction. But two, how was the listening party? I really want to know. Okay, so it was less listening party than I thought it was going to be. It was more just Mm. party where the album was on on repeat the entire Mm. time. And so it was like a lot of talking um, like over it. It was more of like this is an excuse to have an outdoor soiree. Um, but, But it was pitched as a listening party. So I was like, do I wear clothes that I can dance in? Like how, like what's the vibe? So right. I sort of went for like a mixed, like I wore a sneaker, but I still mm. wore like a jean, you know, I didn't go full mm. like Lululemon. I'm going to exercise right. and like dance my ass off, but it was a lovely time. Thank uh, you for asking. I mean, no, I had to, <laughs> I had, I've been wondering this entire time. Um, <laughs> this is, I mean, you hear you hear Renaissance listening party. You you just like you have to know about it. It's well. Great. Last night you all were playing it in the store after the event, and I was like talking to people, but also being like, "Cuff it, cuff it, cuff it, cuff it, baby." <laughs> oh, I I literally turned to my coworker before the event before the um, event was finished and the signing started. And I was like, so I start with Alien Superstar, right? And she was like, she was like, she looked at me, shook her head, and was like, of course, yeah, like go for it. Go That's for where it. I start the album too. I sort of don't do the earlier stuff. I I will listen to the earlier stuff after I finish. Yeah. I start with Alien Superstar because then, yeah. uh, I also, I mean, I, I do like Cozy, and that's before. Yeah, but the first, the only song I really don't like is the first song. Really, I'm not into it. I mine is and I'm so sorry Beyonce Hive don't come <laughs> after me you don't know I'm uh, all up in your mind is the one that I'm just like if it skips it skips you it know skips. <laughs> it skips if it skips what happens but yeah, like yeah but like I mean and that's to say the album's like 10 out of 10 so like yeah, yeah. Uh, when I'm saying like I'll, I mean like 
it's for in a normal album would be the best song and this yes. album it's just you know it's there it's there listen you, beyonce deserves criticism and feedback too even if you mm-hmm. love her you can she, we can have opinions she can only grow and you know what she can't be perfect but she can be near perfect she is she's near perfect she's yeah perfect. yeah i think she um, gives us songs that are slightly less than like perfect just so yeah. that we remember like don't don't take what i'm giving you for granted i could be giving you like I, there are some older Beyonce songs that are very popular that I yeah. do not like. Actively, listen, I'll name it Halo. That's, Halo. I, just, I, don't I also don't it. like Irreplaceable. Uh, that's fair. That's a fair <laughs> comment to have. I have a history with that song. Okay. okay. That like I, but I also can't listen to that song too much in the same year that's like a song I, okay. I go back every year and I'm saying oh wow that was nice next year can't wait to see yeah. it again uh, <laughs> I don't like that and I also don't like me myself and I and that's yes I agree with that one I but people love one. those songs and I'm always like no she's given us so much and that those are not it see single ladies Mm. Weddings have ruined that to me. For me, weddings yeah. have ruined single ladies for me. But um, that's still a bop if you don't yeah. hear it for a long time and it comes on. Like I don't begrudge it. But if I if I'm at a wedding and it comes on, I'm just like, uh, I'm like, well, time to go to the bar. It's, yeah, I'm like, is, I I weirdly have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh no! Like look look at the time. I have to go make a call. <laughs> They're like, it's midnight. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. No, that's no. She. She, I mean, and everyone needs that. Everyone needs to have that, like, Beyonce has to grow, guys. She can't, how is she going to get better if she doesn't grow? You know what I mean? How is she going to give us formation if she doesn't give us me, myself, and I first? Exactly. How is she going to give us, us, um, I mean, Blow is a fantastic song, but how is she going to give us Renaissance if Blow didn't come out? She grew. That's true. true. She grew. She grew. Uh, and I mean, this could turn into a Beyonce. Uh, Happy to do quickly. that if that's what you need. <laughs> quickly, I could do it. Oh my god, I have, I have the textbooks ready to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, it's so funny. There's uh, on Twitter right now. Apparently, NYU is starting a Lana Del Rey class. Oh. And there's so many people just going, "Oh yeah, I could teach that in my sleep." And I'm just like, "No, this is me with Beyonce. I could give me a Beyonce class." I can get a curriculum prepared, a semester's curriculum prepared in like two hours. Like, okay, Alana Del Rey. I am an NYU alum, so this yeah. is very personal for me. Alana Del Rey class. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Mm-hmm. There's like a million musical artists I can think of who deserve a class before Lana Del Rey. I can only and tell you that one that one sad summer song. Summertime, summertime, <laughs> sadness. Uh, I'm like, no, Lana. I am sad for having to listen to this. <laughs> and like what are they going to teach is it going to be like wow here's how this one song sounds like that other song that sounds like that other song right. class over or like <laughs> or, here's how to stick your foot in your mouth when you talk about race and gender every single day congratulations um, you have a degree from nyu <laughs> let's just talk about every cop that she's been associated with since yeah. the beginning of her career um Oop, uh, to, to the Lana Del Rey listeners, the podcast. Keep listening. We won't talk about this the entire time. I promise. I'll fight um, all of you if that <laughs> if it comes to it. If I have to, I will stand up for my anti Lana Del Rey feelings all day every that. day. 
Yeah, you heard come that for me. from here first. You heard that from here first. Right? <laughs> Don't She's take it out on Lance. It's it's me. I am one of the, he, he was being very polite. I know. And you know what? I love the canon, the candid, like honesty there. Just like, mm-hmm. just yeah, Lana Del Rey class. It, it like, I just, I, who, who asked for this? I know who it was, but like, yeah, I know who it was. I went to college yeah, with them. Yeah, <laughs> I know who it was. I like, there's so many, um, I listen to like podcasts and with uh, NYU um, uh, alums mm-hmm. and it's just so funny hearing them talk about it and hearing the self-deprecation of NYU. Oh, and yeah. Like we just went to influencer college. Just like yeah. we, that was <laughs> what podcast? <laughs> um, Las Culturistas. Oh, of course. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just love to hear them talk about like their NYU and they, they have like their NYU fr- friends come on and they're just mm-hmm. like, they're just like, wow, that's what did we go to NYU or did we just like hallucinate this together? Did we all just drop acid and hallucinate <laughs> four years together? And I'm just like, uh, and you know what? Uh, I love it for them. I love would I have taken that chance? Yeah, 100 <laughs> uh, percent As a uh, New Englander, as a New Englander, NYU was always the dream. You know what I mean? Like, it was the dream. And it, it was, was definitely I loved it. I loved NYU, but there are so many things about NYU that are <laughs> embarrassing, horrible just very bad but there's so many things that I loved about my college experience so I definitely I don't love NYU the institution but my experience at NYU was great great time great and that's what it's supposed to be you know yeah that's yeah. it um <laughs> the institution loved the time uh, no, that, didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work as well as I thought it would um I'll think of a better one um uh, <laughs> Well, Tracy, let's start talking about you, you know, okay. let's, start, let's start talking about you. <laughs> and like some may say the Beyonce of the literary um, podcast scene. Oh, um, I love this for me. This is, that's a, an honor. I'll give you a blurb to put on, put on please, the website for it. Yes, please. I got you. I'll leave a review. The Beyonce of the literary Oh my gosh. I don't, don't get me started. I will take that and run and become horrible. You will hate me. You'll be sick of me. In the way that I would do it, the way I would do it just to like see it happen. Honestly, I <laughs> don't tempt me. Um, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about your background though. What, what, um, where were you before you were starting this podcast? Uh, I, um, <laughs> I was a, um, so I was a theater major at NYU mm-hmm. oh, and a tish. dancer. Yeah. And a dancer yeah. and an actress. And then mm-hmm. I moved to LA and I started I didn't want to do it anymore. And mm-hmm. so I started working in fitness and I managed a spin studio and I also wow. taught there. So mm-hmm. when I started the show, I was, I had stopped managing. I was just teaching at the spin studio in LA. Um, and I was there from 2000, I started working there in 2013 and then the studio closed in 2019. So I stopped mm-hmm. there and I started mm-hmm. the podcast in 2018. So I kind of mm-hmm. did it simultaneously. Oh, wow. So you yeah. were, what a, um, from theater major at Tisch. I want you to know that I was a theater kid who had friends at Tisch. Okay. Um, who I, um, you know, I who I was, I'm not going to say jealous of, but like was like, oh, I want to be <laughs> one of them. So every time I go to New York now, I'm just like, I, I'll walk past the Tisch building and be like. Mm. 721 Broadway, <laughs> shout oh, out. I know exactly where it is. And like, I was at, um, was it the Nike store that's like right over there? 
There's a Nike store in Union Square that's nearby. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just walking from the Nike store. Or in Soho. There's one in Soho. Soho. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one I was right at. And I was just walking by Tish afterwards and I was like, it could have been. <laughs> so that's, but that's me every time where I'm just like, ugh. But I'm also like, maybe okay. <laughs> um, Maybe this time. No, I'm not going to sing. I'm not oh, going to do it. Not a, don't not, tempt me not with yet. a good time. Not the <laughs> Natasha Richardson version. Listen, I'm just saying. Rest in peace. Um, this is to this is now dedicated to her. Yes, um, a thousand percent. But like, what did your um attraction to like you know literature start then, or was that like way before? I've always liked books. I really liked books as a kid. Um, but when I was like at, in college and in New York, after that, I um would read a lot on the subway. And then when I moved to LA, I stopped reading. I like read like one book a year, maybe. And I, in 2016, I was like, I'm going to get back into reading. I'm going to read a book a month for the whole year. In and around like December, the end of December, I finished my 12th book. And I was like, I am a genius. Please send me my Nobel prize. Like I, yes, I will sign an autograph for Barack Obama (laughs) if needed. I am available Mm -hmm. for press. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the next year I was like, okay, since that was so hard, I'm going to read 13 books. And then in like May after reading, Mm -hmm. you know, the first five books, I just like hit a stride. And then I just started reading a ton. And like the next year I read 89 books and, you know, I just like, and then I started the, the year I started the shows year I read 89 books. Um, but Oof. once I like refound my rhythm for reading mm-hmm. and like reprioritized it, but as a kid, I read a lot. I always liked books. Like it was always part of my life. But when I first moved to LA, that part of my life sort of faded because you're not on the subway. You're not on the train. Like you're in the car. I hadn't, I didn't really know about audiobooks. I was sort of like one of those assholes. that's like, this isn't reading now. I'm like, audiobooks is the only way to read. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was that. like, you know, I was beholden to all that like ableism and like bullshit. And mm-hmm. I was, I hope you can swear. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I swore in the bookstore last night and I was like, this is not great, but also this is who I am. Um, (laughs) We don't, I I say this as a, it's like 2 a.m. in the afternoon there and I'm listening to like cuff it and it's just like, fuck it, fuck it. And I'm just like, they're like, are there kids here? It's not my problem. Not my job. Not not their parent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's how I sort of like got back into reading. That's, I mean, wow. It's, I feel like I've heard a lot of stories about that with LA and mm-hmm. like people like, yeah, falling out of reading. I mean, compared to New York, I feel like New York is a very literary city city and like everyone's yeah. reading. I think people are just like much more like, I don't know, pretentious about it in New York. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a thing that like, oh, what are you reading in New York mm-hmm. in a way? But like, I really fight the notion that people in LA don't read because I know so many people in the industry, Hollywood, and they read constantly. They're reading books to option. They're reading scripts for auditions. They're reading newspaper articles. They're like always reading things because they're looking for content. And I think that like they just don't talk about it in the same way because they don't think that that reading is important. And so then the question that people ask in LA is like, what are you watching? But Mm -hmm. a lot of those things, like so much stuff that people are watching was originally sourced from books and, or, you know, text. Like, I mean, even that movie Zola, that was a Twitter thread, you know, like 
someone read that and decided that was a good idea. So I think people mm-hmm. in LA do read. I just don't think people talk about it in the same way as New York because it's not like the end thing. It's, and I mean, now that you say that, it's interesting to like think about as, as like, you know, people in the literary scene in LA, the second that you tell someone, um, hey, I'm, I'm a bookseller and I work at Skylight Books. They're like, oh, wow, you work at Skylight Books? And then they want to talk about what they're reading. Yeah. But like, they or they'll that- be like, have you read anything good that I should option? Yeah, People ask exactly. me that all the time. I'm like, <laughs> don't you think that if I thought I was good enough to option, I would try to option it myself? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, here's a bad book that, here's a, yeah. like, no, bad book. Here's a book that I don't care about. Yeah. You can go option. Good luck. I'm not going to tell you my good ones. I'm not going to yeah. give you, like, like no. I'm trying to be Reese Witherspoon over here. I'm trying to have a media yeah. empire. Hello, sunshine. Exactly. Like, I'm exactly. not just giving you little flowers everywhere. No, <laughs> like, you're not going to big little eyes. You're not going to get the big little eyes out of me. No, yeah. um, no, it's 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 so true, though. I feel like you give someone an opening out here to talk about reading. They're like, oh, no, I I read. I read a lot of books and like listen to audiobooks is I mean, I think the audiobooks in L.A. is is coming up because like is coming back I think actually because I think Audible I think with the you know out leading the pushing out of Audible in a way or like the people were like oh Audible's bad because Amazon which it is don't you've you've heard me say this before on the podcast listeners but um yeah like people are finding new avenues to listen to audiobooks Libby people are going to their libraries libraries I love Libby that's Libby's my great. go-to. Libby. Libby's great. I mean, but of course, Libro FM. Love Libro FM. We've had Scribd. them on the podcast. Scribd. Are they okay or are they bad Scribd. people? I think they're good, but... I think they're good too, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, and now um, Spotify is in the audiobook game, apparently. Yeah. I haven't looked and into I, it yet, but it's there. I mean, it make that makes sense. I'm waiting for Apple to like, you know, get their mm. foot in the race. Well, they have, I think, don't they? Or no, just, they just have like the physical books. I think they just have the physical books and um, yeah. Cause the only thing I know they have their podcast music. You used and... to be able to buy audiobooks on Apple through right. like the way you could buy music. So I right. wonder if you can still do that, like where you could buy the audiobook and it would go to, through your iTunes. Right. Does as opposed iTunes, to like their own. Does iTunes still exist? Yes. I still uh, use it. Thank you. I, I'm, an elder, I'm an elder. I'm an elder. I'm an elder. Oh, <laughs> listen, I was in the, IT, I was in the trenches of iTunes. I was yeah. on LimeWire importing the music. Well, all my playlists are still on iTunes. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to take the time to transport every song. And then like a lot of remixes that I have that I like pulled off mm-hmm. the internet when I was teaching spin, I can't yeah. get those on Spotify. So like, if I want to mm-hmm. do like a good, like go on a run or something, like do mm-hmm. an exercise, one of my up-tempo boppy bop playlist i can't do it on spotify i'm just getting the regular degular album version and that's a no for me and no you're right it's and you realize i was uh i was with my friend listening to a cd that had like a specific version of um that backstreet boy song i want it that way oh uh, gotta go um gotta go um 
Oh, uh, no. that's uh, I I'm so bad. I the, can't. the light, the something, the call, the, the call. call, the call. Yes, the oh. call. And <laughs> the version of the CD had is like a completely different version than you find anywhere on screen. Oh, interesting. And we're just like, this is crazy that the song doesn't exist like this anymore. anymore. I mean, re- recently Beyonce took um police off uh yeah sample there. So everyone who has a CD, uh, me, uh. Oh, you can hear, you have the real version? I have the real version, which is now a collector's item. Um, As I'm doing, I'm like, listeners, I'm doing a hair flip. I'm like, (laughs) the collector's edition. Uh, No, it's, it's like, it's the physical, the physical or like the um, non-streamable stuff is, you know, they're, they're, they're they're important. So if you're under, what, 25 and you don't know what we're talking about, you can skip this part. Um, <laughs> this is not for you. This is for us to live in the past. Um, Reese, look up what dial-up is, I guess, while we're just talking about this. Um, <laughs> it's like, imagine you can't talk on the phone while you're on the internet. Like, that's yeah. that was a struggle we all went through. Imagine uh, you have to call on the phone and then talk to your friend's parent until yeah. your friend comes to the phone. Yeah, like I, and, it, that's a crazy thing to me that my, my kids will never, my kids' friends will never talk to me on the phone. No, no, they will. They'll be like, "Uh, why do you have my friend's cell phone? Uh, yeah. This is weird. Coming, they'll be, tell me yeah. Tell me back. But like, I'm gonna text them on their computer <laughs> or whatever. It's, it's fine. <laughs> or they're gonna uh, have or, some other different technology that I don't even can't even comprehend, and I'm just gonna be like, I don't know. Don't do drugs. I guess. I'm like, I. Good luck. Good luck to me. Like they're gonna come home from like first grade being like mom oh my god they just put the implant in that uh, yeah. and now I can like the lessons just get downloaded into my brain I'm like what yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, about, okay like are you did your... you get into Harvard yet like yeah. I don't know <laughs> call like, me at graduation yeah like uh, just let me just do I have to sign a field trip form no they just <laughs> yeah. see my fingerprint oh, okay sure whatever okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I think honestly though these are good ideas. We should be the forefront of these ideas. Let's yes. let's go copy. This is our part of our media ma- multimedia mogul billionaire. Yeah. Beyonce, watch out! We're coming, <laughs> girl. We're on our way. Uh, no, um, but yeah, uh, streamable. Yeah, the audiobooks in LA. Yeah, there. I think that's how we got to this. I think so too. Sorry, um, everyone. <laughs> sorry, guys. But no, audiobooks are coming back. People are listening to people are listening again um to audiobooks, which you know is great. I personally I can't audiobooks is just I, I don't have the brain power for audiobooks. Mm, except you're not an auditory learner. I'm not I can all, all I do on audio is nonfiction. It, I rarely read fiction on audio. I recently tried to read fiction on audio and just the way that my brain was like, mm-hmm. no, this is what, who's this voice? This is not yeah. your voice. I can't do it. Yeah. I I, uh, yeah. I've done a few. There's a few like Black Buck by Mateo Escarapur. Oh, yeah. That audiobook is fire. And Oof. I, I actually like the audio. I tried to like read from the page and I actually like mm. the audiobook better, which oh, I really? rarely say about fiction. Um, so mm. there's a handful of like and that was a professional voice, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when authors try to read their own fiction, I'm like, don't do that. You don't have the range. You can mm-hmm. read nonfiction. I love when authors read nonfiction, yeah. but I'm like, authors, please don't read fiction. Like, we need a professional who can yeah. do different voices, who can understand mm-hmm. the text. Like, it's a real there, job for a reason. There are some people who like pro- are like 
who write fiction who were probably like performers before who I think yeah who yeah, could do it you, who could do it but like no no yeah if it's nonfiction, it's your story so like yeah like if it's a memoir love it when yeah. you read it a celebrity memoir audiobook is my uh, real it's my sweet spot like the that is a, one I haven't is done it yet but I've heard it's phenomenal, phenomenal I'm currently trying I have like all this reading to do for the show but I'm also mm-hmm. trying to read through the national book award long list and nonfiction. Uh-huh. so I've put everything else that's like a pleasure read that was on my TBR I've pushed it to the side for now mm-hmm. um so I'm like reading for work and then I'm reading for the long list and then I'll get back to everything though I might not make it through this long list we'll see I mean I'm crossing fingers for you. I believe in you. Um, but wow, that's what a feat. What a feat to go through because like I I mean, it just especially for audiobooks, that sounds like, you know, that's hours of listening. That's you. Well, I will I won't do all of them on audio. Like I read oh, yeah. two of them already physically. I've listened mm-hmm. to one on audio. There's another one that's a memoir that I'll do on audio. So we'll mm-hmm. see. But just I I had to pause on all my on my the rest of my TBR, which included I'm glad my mom died. Is that what it's called? I'm glad mm-hmm. my mom died. I'm glad um, my mom died, yeah. Yeah, but I do want to listen to it. I've heard it's great on audio. I have it on audio, so I'm just just paused it in the queue. It's it's like she she knows how to like perform. And yeah. Not to say that this is a performance book, but like, you know, perf- you're performing when you read yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Book. Yeah. Um, no, there's there's there are comedians. Who did I Nick Offerman does mm. his book on audiobook, and that one was fun. Trevor Noah's is fantastic. Gold standard. I mean, oof, that's uh I I haven't listened to it, but I heard Michelle's becoming it's really good. However, yeah. you've got to do that at 1.75 speed. Michelle really? is giving you the slowest talking ever Barack and I I'm like bitch come on Michelle we need speed girl I was at 1.75 like I think I could push it to two I think I could get there I didn't but I was tempted she was giving and I same with Barack's book oh my god it is so slow I'm like Barack you've been speaking in front of us for eight plus years can you pick up the pace we are all ahead of you at this point. Mm-hmm. The audacity of hope. We know what you're going to say. You don't need to draw it out, Bill. I tried listening to the audacity because I read it in high school and I tried listening to it. And I was like, girl, like where I and Brock loved the audacity of hope. I think I fell asleep during the audiobook and woke up and was like, oh, it's still happening. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's still going on. Oh my God. And his voice is so soothing that it's like yeah. it's like kind of a uh, you're set up to fail there. Yeah. And that book is pretty dry because it's like his policy book. And I, and I had a great sleep. I had a great mm-hmm. sleep because mm-hmm. I was like, you, he has a beautiful voice. He has a yeah. gorgeous voice. that just yeah. get you there. But like, yeah. I was like, I don't think that's what he wanted with this. No. <laughs> I don't think he wanted like an AS- ASMR session. Yeah. Um, but you know, in Barack, if you're listening, which I assume you are, yeah. um, yes. you can, he is definitely, you can honestly do when you do your good night story on what's the pots, uh, you know that sleep podcast or um where they do like sleep uh, oh like sleep stories or whatever yeah yeah and honestly Brock could make millions off of this this is a free idea I'm passing on to you but and he I... definitely needs millions I feel like he doesn't have enough like money mm-hmm. or fame or anything like mm-hmm. he definitely needs more jobs I would say 
sort of I'm, slacking I'm, weirdly i'm not saying i saw him on indeed but like listen, <laughs> i get it we're all on there we're all not saying listen. i saw him on only fans just trying only. to make a little extra and you're like listen no judge brock no listen get your I, coin boo get your coin uh oh, girl we're, we're struggling it's like <laughs> he said i feel that inflation these gas prices crazy. <laughs> thanks joe <laughs> thanks joe <laughs> I really would love him to do that. Just do a thanks, Joe. That'd be so oh great. Oh my god. Um, well, I I mean, your podcast, you how do you read so much? As a person <laughs> who also has to read a lot for this and is like, you know, looking for tips and pointers. How do you wow. how do you get to like, you know, do so much great reading? And you have, I mean, your um the authors you get on and the talks you do are just so great and extensive. Like, how do you do them all? And it's just you. It's just yeah. like, well, I have, we have an a- editor and I now have mm-hmm. an assistant. Um, okay. Thanks to my Patreon, which I rely on to be able to do a lot of things. They show me much love and I love them. The stacks pack shout Guys, out. Go, go <laughs> yeah. on the Patreon page, support, support your local podcaster. Yeah. Support yeah. your local podcaster. Um, yeah. How do I read so much? Well, I mean, the truth is it's my job. So mm-hmm. I get to read during like nine to five hours when a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really try hard to book only guests and books on the show that I'm really interested in so that I mm-hmm. actually want to read them. I learned right. that the hard way because early on I was like, oh, any author who wants to come on the show, like I'll have them on because I'm new. And then I was like reading books and I was like, I don't care about this. And mm-hmm. I have like a very intense reading tracker. And my average star rating for like my books was like three. And I was like, this is not good. Like, I don't, I, this is not fun for me. It just feels right. like work. And so now I really try to be like, do I want to read that book. Mm-hmm. And then as we talked about audiobooks really help me to read when I can't be like holding a book um, mm-hmm. or if it's like something I want to read for pleasure, but I don't have like the time or the energy. Like I read Demi Moore's memoir on audio, but there's a 0% chance I was going to go out and buy that book and like physically read it. But I loved it on audio and it was perfect. And I took it out from my library and it was like, great, happy, glad I did it. Um, so, so that's also how I read. And then I will fall asleep if I'm reading. I know a lot of people are always surprised when I say that, but I do constantly. And so I do like Pomodoro style reading. So I'll set an alarm for 25 minutes. I read for 25 minutes and then I take a five minute break and I do that for like one, two, three hours, however much time I have. Um, And that really helps me because if I do doze off, then an alarm goes off. So I don't really like waste my whole afternoon, like taking a nap when I'm supposed to be reading. Um, So that really helps me. And I try to like put my phone on airplane mode so that I'm not like getting distracted um, because I too love social media and have an addiction like the rest of us. Um, So those are all like little things that I do to try to read a lot. But I mean, it is a lot. It's a lot of reading. Um, and like preparing for conversations and stuff, but mm. it's like definitely joy work. And yeah. I like it so much more than a lot of other things I could be doing. So I try not to like complain, though there are times where I'm reading a book that I like thought I was going to love. And I'm like hitting my husband being like, this book is so annoying. I hate it. Like, ah, no, I mean, I have been there i've yeah. been there i've been like i was it's the it's tyra's like i was rooting for you yeah <laughs> rooting for you we were all rooting for you uh, no it was it's um no there's there's the occasional and it's so funny sometimes it's um 
the book that I would have sworn that I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be mm-hmm. fantastic. And I mean, and this is for me, at least the usually in the minority, like usually I'm like, I usually get I have good taste. I feel like okay. I usually have good taste. <laughs> but like once every once in a while something will slip in. And and um yeah, and even in my personal reading, um, it'll just like, ugh, okay, well, this book I was waiting like a year for. Yeah. Well, I'm what sure you, you have do? the same problem I have, which like, you know, is a blessing and a curse. Is like when you're reading arcs and like mm-hmm. books that haven't come out yet you're one of the first readers so there is no buzz and you're just going off like the blurb and like what the yeah. book what the publisher tells you about it and like maybe if you know the author or like whatever so mm-hmm. you kind of go in like this sounds great I'm gonna love it and then you get in and you're like oh my god I hate it here yeah. um and normally like before I ever started the show I was always reading books like at the earliest a year after they had come out you know like I was right. basically using like New York Times bestseller or like New York Times like 10 notable books of the year or like Mm -hmm. books you should read from NPR. I was using those like end of the year wrap ups to plan my reading for the next year. So it was all stuff that had been read, like reviewed, people loved, they had buzz around them. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm sometimes just like, okay, I'm going to pick this up because like, it sounds like something I would like. And then I get into it and I'm like, who wrote this? Like, are they are they Republican? Like what's happening here? Like this feels really racist or something like that happens to me sometimes. Cause I really like nonfiction. And so sometimes when you start reading a nonfiction book and it's like reporting, you start reading it and then you're like, Oh, this person actually writes for the, like the New York post. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> One time we were like, we were looking for our um, schedule and we were like for I feel like a few months ahead and we were we saw this book that we're like oh my god this is great it's about it was this is wasn't this wasn't it but like for example it was like um black uh black music throughout um throughout uh revolutionary times or like yeah, okay. we spiritual or something like that and we were like this sounds like it could be really cool let's check it out and then we were like oh maybe we should look at the author first and we looked at the author and it was like an old white guy we were like oh no oh no, no. can't no, do this thank you. no thank you no so now we have like a policy of always looking at the author yeah when we think his topic is great we're like who wrote this? who wrote this book yeah I this. literally just had a similar thing but I feel yeah. like I feel like reading arcs like I take it I try to do it and like take mm-hmm. it seriously because I recognize that like if you have the ability to read an arc and you have the ability to like help shape the buzz around a book and you find something that you really love. Mm -hmm. I know so many authors like who their publishers don't believe in them yeah, and they don't put a huge marketing budget behind them and they don't do this Mm -hmm. and that. And then I read the book and it's phenomenal. And I'm like, this isn't going to be in the New York times. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't going to be on those lists that I mentioned earlier. So I take it really seriously. Like, okay, now it's my job to like try to champion this book and to support this author and like do what I can. So Mm -hmm. I, that's why I try to read arcs, even though oftentimes it bites me in the ass, but I feel like when it's worth it, like when it pays off, yeah, I think that it's, you know, it's really like, I'm like, 
I get thrilled when people associate a new book with me. They're like, oh, Tracy said to read this. And I'm like, oh my God, people bought it. I'm so happy. <laughs> no, I mean, this happened to me literally the other day where someone bought a book that I had on the podcast and I was like featuring out. And I was like, and I like didn't talk to them because I was like, I don't want to like scare them. But like, oh my God, I'm so excited right now. This I is, love it. It's just, it's so, it feels good. It feels good when you're like, when you, especially like, and yeah, an author that like, you know, wouldn't get the attention they would get if you weren't like pushing for them. Yeah. But, like I just it feels good when people realize that, oh, this was this was a great pick. And like I genuinely enjoyed reading this book by this yeah. author that you also liked. Um, no, I and like I mean, just I I whenever you get a person to read a book, it's just nice. It's just mm-hmm. nice to get it's the, well, it's, it's the best, it's the best feeling. Um, well, I want to know about your process in like an episode. So like when you, so when you pick a book, do you like have to go through the, um, the usual runaround with like the publishers, um, getting, um, getting the author like to agree to do it? yada yada what's your process with this so it really depends so oftentimes I have authors on the show but sometimes I have non-authors like actors Mm -hmm. screenwriters Mm -hmm. political people just like other people who like books um Mm -hmm. that was always really important to me that I didn't want it to just be authors and in the beginning I didn't have an I started the show in April 2018 I don't think my first author came on the show until August 2018 I didn't know any authors I was like Mm -hmm. not in the world at all Mm -hmm. and so I still try to like maintain that spirit so if it's not an author I usually just like reach out um usually it's someone that I know or have a connection to but sometimes Mm -hmm. I just blind dm people like hey you post about books on your social media come on my show um and then if it's an author it really depends some I've now like made it to a point which like I can't believe because again, uh, like I didn't know any authors before the show where authors will like DM me or reach out mm-hmm. to me being like, hey, I have a book coming out. Like would love to have you on the show. Sometimes they'll be like, hey, I have a book coming out. So-and-so told me I should come on your show. And it'll be like some author that I've had on in the past. And then a lot of the times it's like the PR teams from the publishers will pitch books and authors to me. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of just like, mine through what's sent my way. And then I also have like a very intense, I love a spreadsheet. So I have a very intense spreadsheet of like the year. And I now I have my 2023 spreadsheet going of the books that are coming out each month that I'm like mm-hmm. the most excited about. Um, I have another spreadsheet that has like every book that is sent to me. Um, but this spreadsheet is like, it, like I use Goodreads for books just to like capture, mm-hmm. but this spreadsheet is like the books that I am like legit juiced off of. And so I use that as a guide too. So I usually try to like reach out to those books first for guests, Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm the most excited about. Um, but sometimes people will pitch me something and I'm like, holy shit, this sounds incredible. Like I have to have this person on and I had no idea about it. So I try to stay open to like incoming offers as much as like what I have a preconceived notion about. Um, and then sometimes like I'll ask for a person and like, they'll say yes. And I'm like, whoa, like surprise. And sometimes like the craziest guests will just like fall into my lap. Like Quentin Tarantino was on my podcast and his team just emailed me and was like, do you want a copy of his book? Would you like to have him on the show? And I was like, I I almost deleted the email because I thought it was just like Quentin Tarantino's releasing like 
you know, whatever. And then I yeah. read it again and I was like, I wrote back, I was like, hey, yeah, if he's interested in coming on the show, sure. Like right. I was so I was like, is this I don't are you offering this? Like this just fell into my inbox. Like what? So like in that situation, I never would have reached out about that book. I didn't even know it was coming, but like mm-hmm. it was fucking Quentin Narendino. So yeah. I try to like keep my I try to schedule in advance, but I also try to keep my schedule open, like where I can mm-hmm. move things around. Um, mm-hmm. And then as far as the book club picks, I do that once I have the guest for the book club episode, um, we usually go back and forth a few times, right? Where I say to them, send me three to five books you're interested or would be interested in doing. They can be things you've read and know and love. They can be things you've read and know and hated. They can be things mm-hmm. that you want to read. And then once they send me the list, I kind of look at it and figure out what it is they're interested in. And either I say, yes, let's do that. Or I send back my own list. It's like, hey, what about any of these? Do they spark interest? And then, and sometimes it's like, instant they send the book and I'm like that's the one and sometimes it's like 10 emails like trying to like find the right thing and every once in a while I will go to someone and be like this is the book do you want to do it mm. um like last year uh Derica Purnell came on and we did Blood in the Water which is like one of my favorite books and it was the reason that I started the podcast because I wanted to talk about a book like that one day and it was mm-hmm. the 50th anniversary of the Attica prison uprising and oh, wow. Derica's book was coming out later that month and I was like Derica, will you come on the show? Will you do Blood in the Water? And she was mm-hmm. like, yep. And I was like, great. One email done. It's over. Um, it. So sometimes it's like that, but that's super rare that I don't take their input. Like usually I try to find something that they're as excited to read and talk about as I am mm-hmm. because otherwise the conversation isn't good. Right. You know? So yeah. it's a lot of like a lot of dip. So like basically what I'm saying is I don't have one process. I try to stay like really open and flexible and like loose because as we talked about, I do read a lot of books. So for me, it's just one book or two books or whatever, but for the guest, it might be like one of five books they read for the year, you know? So like, I want to make sure that they are as interested in it because for like, I'm sort of like, I'll read anything. Like Mm -hmm. I'll read anything and talk about it. I don't really care. But for them, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to force a romance book on a person who only reads like investigative journalism. And I'm not going to force an investigative journalism book on like I had the one of the booksellers from The Ripped Bodice. I'm like, this is silly. We should talk romance. You're a romance bookstore. Like, so I try to, you know, balance all that. That, I mean, (laughs) no, I mean, it was great listening to that process. And I mean, you were you were saying earlier that you just got an assistant, right? Mm hmm. But it must have been, I mean, one, that's great. Because uh, <laughs> it sounds like you had so much on your plate before. But like, yeah, it sounds for you to like do all of that, you know, before as like a, um, you had an editor, but like a one person team of like organizing and getting that all together. Yeah. That must have been like, just so intense a process, yeah. you know, just like yeah. it's, 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 a lot. it's you doing that. But um, I mean, you must feel so like, when you get those like moments of like, wow, I got, I got Quentin Tarantino on it. Yeah. It feels so like gratifying. And just, it's wild. I still uh, can't, that one, I still can't believe. I mean, Angela Jolie was also wild, but I was a little more involved in that process. Like I knew yeah. that that was something I was trying to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Quentin Tarantino one was just like, what? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. <laughs> right. It's, that is just like, mind-blowing congrats congratulations <laughs> I can't wait to see what his next film when he's I I feel like he could do a bookstore film he could do something about books he could he Quentin likes putting books. that out there he's he likes, into no, books 
he is a big book person um i've both heard and from close and afar um so he could do a book is there like any book like movies that he would like spoof off of Uh, we'll think about it we'll come (laughs) up with something after um no I mean that's it's just it's so amazing to see how that works and like you know podcasting is I just watched that movie bodies 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 Mm, I haven't seen it you haven't seen it there's a there's that I won't there's something about podcasting in there where they talk mm. about like the process of podcasting, but in like a funny, like, you know, cheap shot way. But I was just watching there like, oh, they got it. Yeah, they got it down. It's, just, <laughs> it's a lot of, they were like, it's so hard. It's schedule. You're scheduling. You have to do a lot of spreadsheets. You have mm-hmm. to prepare. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, that's it. I know they're making a joke out of it, but like, they're not wrong. And I, yeah want I don't want this disrespect Um, (laughs) I don't like this disrespect um how the next thing I want to ask was about the or have a conversation about was like what what books have you like what books have you got have you gotten to talk about that you're like looked back on and were like I wonder I saw how I grew from that. I saw how I changed and how the process, you know, changed how this book changed, how I do this process. Um, so I can think of like, there's one book I can think of that Mm -hmm. we did that was called the country dentist, the cadaver King and the country dentist by Radley Balco and another person whose name I'm blanking on. Mm -hmm. And it, it's investigative, journalism about like I think Mississippi and like the coroners and all these things and I did it with um, this wonderful person named Allison Punch who's on Mm -hmm. bookstagram and we talked about the book we talked about like abolition in the book I didn't Mm -hmm. know a lot about abolition like police abolition and Mm -hmm. I look back on that episode now and I'm like I was very like, I don't know, I think we do need prisons. And now I've like really changed as a person based on like reading since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. There's a lot of books that have like changed how I view the world, but mm-hmm. not necessarily changed like how I do the show. Okay. But there are but- some books that we've done that I would like never pick again. <laughs> Like that I was like, mm, that book sucked or like, not that yeah. it sucked, but like it just wasn't rich for conversation. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, it changes your perspective on things. Cause like, you know, there are books that like can like sway how you one both feel about something. And I mean, like, I think there was a huge culture shift in the past, what, two years, two and a mm-hmm. half years that definitely could, you know, change how one would <laughs> do, how would one would like see books they were reading. Cause like, you know, yeah, between like, I mean, just 2020 as a year, um, right, right. just that as a year, but like since then too, we've had, wow 2020 was a like six things just happened that year and like um I feel like 2020 like what was interesting for me was how little 2020 changed the content of the show Mm -hmm. I was all I mean I've always one of the like guiding principles for me of the show is to Mm is my personal taste and interests. So like, mm-hmm. if I'm not interested in something or like, if I don't want to talk about something, I'm not going to do it on the show. And what that meant was that for the two years before 2020, I had already had 
tons of black authors and queer mm-hmm. authors and people like writing the books that weren't on Reese's book club lists, you know, like yeah. I was already doing that. And so mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people shows, like if you go back and look at their catalog, it's like white book, white book, white book, white book, white book. And then June, 2020, it's like Brit Bennett appears, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I had Britt Bennett on the podcast, but I had read The Vanishing Half in April of 2020. Like that yeah. was a book I was dying to read. It was already something I was interested in. And so right. I feel like I was able to be like, hey, if you're looking to talk about black books, here's a back catalog of two years of like 75% of books by black authors. Yeah. Um, so like I for me, 2020 didn't actually change a lot of like what I was doing. The only thing mm-hmm. it changed is it made me lean in even more. Mm-hmm. to being like m- trying to be like more comfortable talking about things like outwardly in a way that yeah. maybe before 2020, I wouldn't be like white people discovered racism this week, which is like something that I say all the time on the podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think like slightly it changed just like my, I, I think I became like slightly like less apologetic about mm-hmm. being black and like wanting to talk about these things. But mm-hmm. as far as like book selection and content and things, I have always just used my taste as a guide, which is very self-centered, but it's my show and I do the reading by myself and I have to do the preparation by myself. And so if I'm not interested, like how am I going to be able to talk about it? Um, And I like to think that I try to like challenge myself by doing things that aren't just my total bread and butter, you know, book about a cult or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so I I think this show is like it's changed, but it's very similar to what it always was. And I mean, and I'll say as a black, as a block, uh, block, as a black podcaster, um, I, isn't it interesting finding your voice as a black podcaster? Cause like I, it, when I started, I was like, how do I, I feel like I have to let the audience know I'm black because they can't see me. And I don't want them to, I want them to know, uh that my everything I'm going to do is shaped through my own perspective of being a black podcaster because I mean especially I this this podcast through the Skylight Bookstore so when you look it up you're not seeing like a picture of me right 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 (laughs) so that I just it's 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 interesting finding your voice like that I and like have you had that you know yeah yeah I mean sometimes I'll just like say it I'll be like, look, yeah. as a black woman, da 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 da. But mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't feel like I have to. I feel like at mm-hmm. this point now, I don't. I don't have to because people know me and know the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do sometimes say it, like, because it feels like it informs. Oftentimes, I find myself saying it more when I'm talking to someone who isn't black, and I'm mm-hmm. responding to something, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting what you said. For me, as a black woman, mm-hmm. I take it this way. Um, yeah. But I don't, I, it's def, it was definitely like harder in the beginning to figure out that. And now I'm just yeah. sort of like, it's who I am. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And if I wasn't a black woman and I had this opinion and let's say I was a white lady, like it's still mm-hmm. a good opinion. Like I'm still right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. I would just be like a more woke white lady. <laughs> exactly. And like, and so, yeah, if, you know what? I'm going to go through that now. Like, if you think I'm white, it's because I am a woke white. Yeah. I'm, I'm a woke white woman and I'm not yeah, taking that's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably like, you know, 
it, it feels like what is my identity as a podcast and a podcaster and like it's just so funny too because I feel like I do um my best podcast uh interviews when I'm talking to like specifically black people but specifically either queer black people or black women because mm. I'm just like I'm immediately in there like okay no girl what's up? we get it we yeah get it. Like, yeah for sure we, I ugh, there's just there was um a podcast I did about uh, a 33 and a third book on uh, Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. And I did mm. it with this academic. She's a black woman. She's amazing. Um, Sequoia Manor. Hi, Sequoia. Um, <laughs> but like immediately I was like, we got this. We're in a stride. Right. We're, right. we're talking like we're cousins, just like, you know, at just having a great conversation. It's no, there's um, what I'm saying is I like talking to black people more. So I'm so yeah. sorry to tell my white guests. You you can't you, you can't did have a, a good job. Room. Nice yeah. try. You nice did try. A for if, you're mad, if you're mad about it, that's internalized racism. You should look yeah. at that. Uh, <laughs> why do you hate black people? <laughs> why do you hate black people? Why are you mad at a black person? Let's look into yeah. that. Let's have you read White Fragility. I'm joking. <laughs> um, don't cancel me. Um, I love that book. I talk about it all the time. I think it's a fantastic yeah. book. I think it's a great tool. White people should read it. I've read it twice, to be honest. I, think, it and I, I read it once on audio. Um, yeah. I think white people should read it. I think it's a great tool for white people. And I say this all the time on my show. If you only read one book about racism, it's not going to work. It should be a tool in your toolbox, like all the other books about racism that you're allegedly reading. But like, I feel like people shitting on it. I'm like, just because she's a white lady, she dedicated her life to that scholarship. Like there are white people who have dedicated their lives to scholarship that is outside of their racial identity that they should still be able to write about if they do it with care. You know, yeah. like just because I think about black people who would be shut out of white writing about certain things because they're black, like I would be livid. You know, if you can handle it with care and you do yeah. a good job with the, with the text, like I I don't have a problem with that. I think if you handle black people like shit and you say crazy racist things in your book, that's where my problem comes in. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, she made a lot of money and other people didn't. And like people didn't buy Ijo Luo's book as much as they bought her book. And I'm like, I get that. I understand that. But that actually isn't Robin D'Angelo's fault. And like, we can't be mad at her for dedicating her life to this work and being more popular than someone else because of racism. Like, I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't read Black people's books about racism. But I do think the like propensity to be like, don't read white fragility because she's white i'm like yeah but she's talking to white people like the book is for for whites by whites it's flat full full blue we and we (laughs) (laughs) honestly coin it coin it in t-shirts we'll we'll sell that skylight and uh i love it um that's the stacks merch i i my merch yes a very full blue podcast (laughs) The stacks for whites by whites by a black, <laughs> but actually by blacks. <laughs> and put that at the bottom there. Like, yeah. I Asterix. love it. There. Asterix. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, like, no, you're right. And we, I mean, we, like, one of the conversations, especially black people have been having, is that, like, one, it's not our responsibility to talk to white people about race. It's just, right. like, talk to your own people. Like, if you see, if you hear your, family saying racist shit you should you it's your responsibility see something say something something. say something but um my thing with white fragility is that i feel like it's not robin's fault and it's not blame i'm putting on robin i'm putting it on more the book that i feel like 
it let white people who want to write who think they can write the the let's say you know a in a fictitious world the person wrote a book called um u.s uh soil american dirt um if you didn't <laughs> okay. but like like someone could feel like they could write that because they read white fragility and like yeah i could do the same thing but that's not what is in the book if you read right. white fragility that's not what she's saying she's literally saying the opposite she's like that's right. not our place as white people we should be able to sit in spaces and feel uncomfortable about being white and be okay with that and not make it about us and not cry and not try to appropriate like literally robin d'angelo is saying all the things that i want to say to white people constantly mm-hmm. but I feel like what happened is that there became this whole conversation about the idea of the book and like okay. the book itself is like very well done it's short it's sweet like it's very good and it's one tool in the anti-racism reading list kit that like yeah. but I feel strongly that if she was was brought to the face-to-face with the author of U.S. Soil she mm. would be like bitch no you have a problem. This is problematic. And she would be like, don't cry about it. Don't go and make Oprah talk to all the fucking Latina people of the world. She would be like, yeah. you fucked up. You're taking up space where you shouldn't be. Um, and the other thing about right fragility that I give Robin D'Angelo credit for is just that like the book existed before summer 2020. She wasn't trying to capitalize on it after the fact. Right. She was like doing these fucking seminars for years before yeah. any white person even cared and everybody hated her. And now she's the darling. But like she was doing this before. Yeah. No, and there is... are issues with the book. And I don't want to be like a Robin D'Angelo <laughs> fangirl. I just get annoyed when people are like, oh, white fragility. Like, uh, I'm like, well, if you read the book. Like, it's not so bad. I gave it to my mom when I read it. I was like, my mom's white. And I was like, you should read this. When it's so, I, I, my Twitter moment, one thing I went viral on Twitter for was talking about, because we did a big like sweep at Skylight. Uh, don't tell anyone I'm talking about this, listeners. Uh-oh. This is between me and you. Um, no, um, we did a big sweep of Skylight of um, people's orders that they didn't pick up. And when I tell you. Oh, yeah so many white fragilities that were ordered bought and just discarded yeah that was a huge thing all of those books how to be anti-racist racist yes talk to white people about race all those books Mm. there was like articles about it how people would i mean skylight's not black owned right No. no 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 I don't know who owns Skylight. I don't want to know. It's kind of like this weird secret I have. Um, yeah. Or like, it's like a mystery of the book world. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. There was like articles about how all the black owned bookstores, people um, were horrible to them and were like, why is it my book here tomorrow? And they're like, we're an independent black owned bookstore. It's the middle of a pandemic and we're not Jeff Bezos. And you ordered this book yesterday along with 20,000 people. So thank yep. you for your order. But like the book is back ordered for the next seven years. That exactly. being said, after that, after people called and yelled and screamed at them, then nobody picked up their books. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they did the it, work. They did, the work. they we, did the work. We we bought in like one of my one that was I remember that because I bought a book from Loyalty Bookstore, which is black mm, owned. Of course. And I did not buy my fragility. <laughs> I bought <laughs> friends um the book Queenie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love the book I love, but I was book I was like oh, you want to read a Black author? Here's one. Here's yeah. something that I think you would like and uh, we'll teach you. Because I I personally think that there is a place for nonfiction uh, literature on like critical race theory. 
or um, anything <laughs> about anything on like any if you wanted like on perspectives of being black in uh, in the world yeah or, but like specifically in like a white patriarchal society um fiction has a place fiction has should have a big place in that because yeah. you know nonfiction. sometimes you feel like someone's talking to you or someone's talking at you and someone's telling you um like something in a very uh scholarly or textual way versus yeah. fiction where you can actually put yourself in that perspective and say oh they this is how they think or this is how this person's pers- would think in this perspective yeah um, i think so too and i think like also you know those like race self-help books i think yeah. that they're like not particularly good like i don't like they're not particularly good writing or like whatever I think they might be useful or instructive for some people and Mm -hmm. I have read my fair that's another thing like we're talking about things that I was already doing before 2020 I've Mm -hmm. read my fair share of them most of them before 2020 and I just I'm curious about what's in them not because I'm like learning about blackness or anything but just like curious what other people are learning about blackness um but I think like more than even what's in any of the books is like just the effort to support, you know, black authors. Um, And I feel like whatever you like to read, you know, not to sound too much like, I guess, Apple, but like, there's a black book for that, you know, like whatever you're into, if it's romance, sci-fi, speculative fiction, narrative nonfiction, though, I have to say investigative journalism, there is not a lot of books by black authors. It's really fucked up. I think it has to do with the fact that journalism is so fucked up and racist that a lot of those people aren't staying and working in journalism in the same way, but that's a, that's a different podcast. Um, but like whatever it is, if you want to learn about black people or whatever the fuck people say, there's a book if uh, in the genre that you like, that is great for it. If you want to learn about like how to be less racist, those books exist too. And you can totally read them, but like, you could also just read lot by Brian Washington and have a great time and like be in heaven. Yeah. And if you want to listen to our podcast episode with Brian Washington, you can because and you can listen to the stacks episode with Brian Washington. Also, you hear that? two podcast <laughs> guys, you could listen to podcast <laughs> episodes back to back. Um, and they're both great. Like they're both they're both fantastic because he's a fantastic speaker. He's um, he's so great. He um, he was at Skylight the other day and oh. just I was like, I literally like he likes he um sent me a picture of a book that I posted earlier because it was my staff pick and he was like got this book because of you and I was like ah oh, that's uh, funny and then I walked through the store I'm like wait Brian <laughs> what's up what was, was the book like, um it was uh a graphic novel on but re- it was like an anthology series about gay love Ooh. gay romance I the name is young gay love I believe it okay. I might be saying it wrong but it was it's a fantastic book, fantastic graphic novel written by like, I think there's like, and it's, they're all artists and writers who do it. So they all did mm-hmm. their own like uh, art for it as well. And it's great. It's fantastic. But he like picked it up and I like, like turned around. I'm like, wait, Brian, are you here? He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I sent you that picture because I saw your staff pick. I'm like, oh, I thought you said you <laughs> saw my story about it. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, no. Um, the... What you're saying is so interesting about this. And I know you about like, you know, different topics and especially like, you know, what's in what's in the book world and your own information and not information, perspective on the book world. Would you ever like, and I know you have your podcast, which 
talks about this and it's your own voice talking about your own um, opinions on this but would you ever write a book about this because I feel like there's so many I hate like... writing <laughs> that's fair that's fair I just, I'm not a writer I'm not a like here's the thing about reading yeah when you read a lot you mm-hmm. read some really good shit and yeah. I know that I cannot write good shit like that and so I would never want to write a book because I would be so judgmental of myself of like, this is not good. And I don't like writing. And so like the thought Mm -hmm. of like, I know how much work it takes to write a book. I talk to these authors all the time and they are telling me the stories and you know what? I don't want to go out on submission. I don't want to have to find an agent. I don't want to query or whatever the fuck they're doing over there. Yeah. I just, I, I don't have, I'm a, I think I'm a pretty good talker, not Mm -hmm. a good writer. Like Mm -hmm. I write a column every month for shereads.com. It's like book advice. People submit questions about books and then I like give them advice. It's really fun, but I write it in my voice. I literally will read it out loud and be like, let me add a like there (laughs) or I'll take it out. Like that does not flow how I talk because that's the only way that I would feel comfortable publishing anything written Mm -hmm. because I just know I'm not a good writer. And like, I don't want to try, I don't want to be bad at something because I'm so critical of people who write bad. I'm like, Ooh, that's not good. But but see, you say this, but I also I would love to read your essay on, you know, white fragility and like Mm. people's perspectives on it or like how investigative journalism is, you know, specifically white and the journalism field is, you know, it is fucked up in that way. But like I I'm saying I would read it. I would buy it and read it and have you on the podcast to talk about your book. Well, Um, there's a small chance I would write a book, but I'd have to figure out how to do as little writing as possible because, and this is so funny and stupid and embarrassing, but I've been doing some in-person events recently. Like I did the LA mm, times book festival. I did the Bay Area book mm, festival. I was at your bookstore last night. And at the end, when the author signs the books, and then yeah. I just have to stand there and be weird and like, I don't have anything to do. So I'm like, I should just write a book so that I could just have something to sign <laughs> at the end. Like I was in a signing tent at the LA Times Book Festival and I had a little like piece of placard for me that said my name and people were coming through getting their book signed by other my, the other people on the panel. And I'm just sitting there like, hello. <laughs> Thank and you like, for coming. Man, oh. <laughs> That's and that's where the that's where the stacks merch comes in. I'm telling you, merch I have look. stacks merch, but I didn't want to bring like a bag of shirts. While other people are just like signing books. I'm like, here's Good. some shirts I can sign for you. Like, it's just so embarrassing. So I literally last night, my husband was there, too. And I was like, I think I have to write a book because this is too awkward. And he was like, I think you do too. So I have to figure out like the easiest possible book to write and get published. Like I might just like self-publish it just so I can be like, here, these signs. I would only sell copies like at live events because it would like be the only place you could get it. But it's just that I have something to do. That's very niche. That's very like, oh, if you want to read this book, you have to see her in person. Yeah. Or it could just be like a journal. Like I could just like brand some journals and be like, let me sign this. Jour-. Like, good luck journaling, Tracy. <laughs> the stacks journals. Like, I yeah. Also great. I I support <laughs> that. I think I think though. I mean, even the way you were saying it before, like how you do your columns, I'm just just that way. Just like, okay. well, you can be my agent and get me a book deal for a billion dollars, and then I'll do it. Listen, I'll I'll go to our friend Barack Obama who's listening right now and be like, oh, yes. hey, hey B, I have a uh a proposition for you. B-O. Yeah, that's well, that's our my nickname for Barack Obama, B-O. <laughs> which 
I think he'd love. I think he would love. Well, that's our um, dog's name, right? Bo. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. I just realized it's B.O. Bo. Uh, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Uh, damn that dog. He took every. He took my idea for me. He took everything um, you've ever had. Took everything I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, enemies for life. Um, <laughs> well, I just, I've been having, this is so much fun. And I could talk for another hour, but, you know, probably shouldn't because <laughs> my editor would, again materialize and fight me in my apartment um mick i love you mick um, hi mick ha- hi, thank mick. you it's his, it's his birthday coming up mick oh. um happy 30th um, Ooh, a libra yeah, right? too huh exactly a libra, libra vibes it's his, um a libra birthday sorry you weren't born just a little bit earlier and you could have been a virgo like beyonce and then she yeah. would have sang like she would have sang all my virgo friends i've been like well i the second the album came out i was like fuck you you i know you're over here listening to virgo's group being like this mm-hmm. is about me and that song is really good such a good song what mm-hmm. five minutes long and i'm like crying at every i i'm like where's leo's groove what about the leos nobody exactly. loves us no one loves us leos exactly you are you it. a leo too i'm a leo too oh my god yeah what dare you, if you don't let me july ask 22nd i'm the july, first you're... i'm the last day of cancer but i was born so late at night that the sun had already moved to leo so i'm a true oh zero you're degree leo. leo yeah i'm right in the middle i'm august 13th so I'm oh, like, okay right yeah right you're there a but sweet leo. spot I'm gonna look at us yeah where's our leo's groove Uh, yeah it's she needs to do this for us but um no virgos i actually woke up this morning i was in bed half asleep going (laughs) like how does she do this how does she get in my head like this i'm not conscious yet but i'm still singing like uh love me love me love me it's it's an addiction it's (laughs) It's an addiction. She's hooked us worse than the JFK administration. <laughs> um, um, not JFK, sorry. Uh, Ronald Reagan, the Reagan administration. Oh, oh on, co- on crack. Yeah, on crack. Yeah, I feel like she really just like, she got us. Mm-hmm. Ugh, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm spending a thousand dollars on those concert tickets because, and if you're listening and if you think you can get those tickets before me, I will Hunger Games fight you for those tickets because... <laughs> Like just get an extra me. ticket for me whenever I'll just Venmo you. I don't have the energy to do all the thing, but if you get one, you. I'll, I'm available. <laughs> I got you, Tracy. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're seeing that concert. Like this is for an album. I think, I think it's her best album. I think it's her best. Oh work. no, it's not. You don't think so? Ooh. No. no. Ooh. I Lemonade. You think lemonade's her? Yes. Ooh, I have to sit with this. I have to sit with this for a second because I Lemonade is her best work. I think you could also make an argument for. I can never remember what songs I'm on for for, for four. What's for the four. one with love on top? Four. That's four. That's the yeah. one. You can make an argument mm, for that. Four. People were saying the Renaissance is her best. I don't. I. Maybe three or four for me. Really? Mm-hmm. I think Renaissance. I think Formation is her most powerful. Yeah. I think Renaissance, especially when the performance, the video, the visuals and the concert comes out, is going to be her best performances. I think these are going to sure, be Sure, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun dancing and stuff. But, yeah. I, oh, you know what I think? I think, I think that, I think that uh, Beyonce, self-titled, is also better than Renaissance. Renaissance. I do. Ooh, I love that see, album. Drunken Love, Blow. Drunken 
I mean, she's mine. giving she's giving. Oh, my God. Yes. Mine. Yes. And then the little Oof. like sad, like the sad one. Pretty hurts. No, no, no. The sad one oh. about like her losing her kid or whatever. Oh, yes. Oh, heaven. Heaven. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And the one. Yeah. There's just so many. So it's so good. Pretty hurts. Titles. Oh, my it. God. It's so good. Anyway, I mean, that was an iconic drop too. Where like, oh my god, that changed the world. Yes, the, literally, everyone woke up that night and was like, "What? What happened?" Oh my god, and partition, <laughs> partition. partition. Yeah. partition. Hello, Barack partition. Obama is featured in that. Yes, um, partition, yeah. partition. Wow, that's when she started um, her sexy era. You're right, her sexy, yes. like raunchy, like very yeah. like i'm i'm a sexual being oh that was like i'm for, that, there's one other song on there that i love that i'm forgetting now flawless um, is one that i flawless, flawless is great but it's the um, it's the other partition it's partition there's partition and then there's oh, other partition yonce is it yonce leading into partition maybe i'm um, trying to think no i can't think i'm literally uh, looking it up right now oh wait i'm in my podcast app not my <laughs> itunes app excuse me and you know what i'm it's on brand for what we're doing right now right uh, someone can edit this out. Someone can edit this out. Mick, you got this. I have to find the song. It's gonna drive me crazy. Otherwise, I can't no, you're good. This. Then I'll then I'll get my life together. <laughs> um. Wow. Apparently, is this album not on I Spotify? Oh, there it is. Whew. Oh, I was like, oh no, what? <laughs> I'm so scared. Oh, maybe it was just the first. You're right. It's that. Oh, XO is also on Beyonce. Oh, XO. XO. Uh, Haunted. Rocket. Mm -hmm. Jealous. No angel. Oof. Hits, 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 hits. Uh, XO. Flawless. Heaven. Superpower. Blue. Featuring Blue Ivy. 7-Eleven. 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 I was at uh, New York. I was at New York Pride 2015 and it was my first Pride and the there was like a float. I was right across from a church and there was a float that came by playing 7-Eleven and I've never seen a crowd just go crazy like that. And it was just, everyone was like, the church was like turned into a club and I was like, Smack okay. it, smack it in the air. Smack it, smack it in the air. Yeah. Uh, it just, I will say though, the album that I, I personally love more than uh, Beyonce self-titled and four I think is B-Day I think B-Day is a perfect album oh B-Day is the other one that's really great B-Day is I mean check uh what is it check Freakum it. Dress Freakum Dress Kitty Cat um, Get Me Bodied Get Me Bodied Deja Ring Vu the Ring the Alarm like hits after hits after Sugar Mama's on that one uh, Where She he- Loses Me is I Am Sasha Fierce <laughs> if I were a boy Halo yeah, Some of my least are, favorite yeah, single ladies we've talked about. Yeah, I am Sasha Fierce was her was her Pink Panther era. You know what I mean? It was her being like, I'm a pop girl. I'm a I am a I am going for what um Brit- I'm competing with Britney Spears and mm, mm, uh mm. J Lo and uh who else was around that time? I don't know. Those people. wait, where where did I care go? Where what album is that on? Four. That's four. Oh, okay. Yes, four yeah. is the one I really like. Yeah, four. Four was like when Love I reached on top, my... party, school and life. 
countdown. I uh, care. One plus one. End of time. Run the world. Run Best the thing world. I never had, which is not my yes. favorite. But oh my still, God. I was here. I was here. My one plus so one funny. is one of my faves. It's so funny because party. I'm my family's Jamaican, and mm-hmm. I don't know how, but party became a Jamaican song in our family. <laughs> Where now we they're like just like party. we like. To, they're like, yes, hey. let's go. And, hey. 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 <laughs> it's like I'm like at the we're at like the family cookout and party will come on. Everyone's like, woo, let's go. And I'm just like, oh my god, I what? love it. I love <laughs> it like, so much. Beyonce's Jamaican now, I guess. So good for her. Good for her. Uh, well, I'm we, glad we're ending right where we started. Back yeah, at Beyonce. No, it's back at one. As it should be. As it should be. As, as Brian McKnight be. said, start back at one. Back at one. And we did. We did. Um, well, Tracy, this has been such a great episode. Uh, so much so fun. Thank you for having you. me. Um, how was it on this side of the podcast? I love being interviewed. It's my favorite. I love I can just show up, talk about myself like a true Leo. And I love it. Exactly. Selfish psycho. Psychopaths. I love us. Yeah. I love us. We're great. Um, Quickly before you go, do you have anything you would like to say to, you know, the independent bookstore community, your listeners? I do. I have something I want to say. Yes. Let's hear it. Independent bookstore community. Please, please. And I know this is hard. I don't work in a bookstore, so I'm not trying to be an asshole. Please make sure that on Tuesdays, you have black, brown, queer, disabled, immigrant, translated, all all of those books, please make sure you have those out of the boxes and on those front tables. I know they don't always come with a Reese Witherspoon sticker. They might not sell the most copies ever because publishing is racist, but Mm -hmm. please booksellers, I cannot tell you how many times I have left a bookstore and many times never gone back because they did not have books by black authors out of the boxes on pub day. It is fucked up. And I know again, running a bookstore, I cannot imagine seems like the most miserable, horrible thing because it seems very thankless in a lot of ways. And I know (sighs) that people are harassing you all the time. So I'm not trying to be mean, but but when you are a person from a marginalized community, you notice when your books somehow don't make it out of the box on pub day and mm-hmm. other books do. So that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Um, but also I do want to say this. Thank you all for everything you do. I love independent bookstores. <laughs> I feel like most people probably say really nice things to independent bookstores, but I just get fed up because I feel so bad. I feel like we all work so hard or so many of us work so hard. And then yeah. it's like frustrating. You go into a Like I'll go into a bookstore on Tuesday and be like, I'm going to go buy that book, like to leave my mark. And then I get there and I'm like, yeah. well, fuck, I should have just pre-ordered this thing. It would have been at my house. And mm-hmm. You know, anyway, so that's my little soapbox. But I do, I do love indie bookstores. I do love Skylight Books. Please have me back. <laughs> no, we. What if if you don't have Tracy back because she said this? No, that's racist. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's racist. so racist. It's so, racist. It's so yeah. racist. Check your privilege. Go buy White Fragility. Like, yeah. <laughs> go buy White Fragility and think about what you just thought about. No, I mean, you're right. And I'm not saying this because Skylight's paying my checks. <clears throat> they are. Though. Uh, but I, no, Skylight actually in a lot of our booksellers 
And um, our booksellers make sure that that's a priority for us. Like yeah. we want to make sure that, you know, they're available, they're there, we're ordering, you know, copies. So like, you know, we're talking about it so people can buy it. And, you yeah. know, it's- That's why I love Skylight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, we, no, we, and through, you know, our events, through the podcast and through, we just want to highlight, you know, those authors because- you know, the other authors, the ones that you're going, the ones that you know are coming out, the, and nothing bad to the authors or the books, because they're going to sell whatever, but like Sally Rooney, Jonathan Franzen, um, Nicholas Sparks Nicholas got Sparks. some new books oh, people, this week. Oh, people, Nicholas Sparks still writes books. He's got a new book this know. week. Yeah. Oof, oof, no, thanks. Wow. Good but for yeah. That. Good for that man, I guess. Um, no, like they're gonna sell. They're their publisher, the their publishers are pushing them. So, you know, we're gonna push the authors that you're not going to, you're not I I wanna say the job of a bookseller. And Tracy, honestly, I'm gonna give you honorary bookseller title because <laughs> you're out here pushing these books as well. Like you're you're doing the work. So no, us booksellers, we want to make sure yeah you're you're getting books that you would never think of getting before because like the New York Times will tell you to read the other the famous ones we're going to tell you to read the ones that you don't even know you're supposed to read yet well I feel like that's Um, why people love Skylight is because you all do such a good job of being like oh you're interested in Sally Rooney try this random book that isn't on the New York Times not random but like try this book that isn't getting all the publicity and this and that like and then it's like oh I can trust these people because they have interesting book recommendations yeah um yeah. The way I be, the way I was pushing Brown and Gay in LA before the event and mm. telling people come to this event, it is fantastic. <laughs> Thank um, you. It was no, full. I, there were so many people. I was so excited. It was, it was a great sized event. It was like it was so great. I mean, so many like queer people of color there, and ugh, believe me, I I heard about it and I was like, there's an event for Brown Gay in LA at the store. I'll be working. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'll be there. I'll be attentive. I'll be on my best behavior, but I'll be there. Um, no, I, I mean, it. but yeah, stuff like that. We'll, and we want to like show these off, authors off. But um, yeah, no, thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you thank for saying you. that. Listen to those words again, because it's very important. Um, but thank you, Tracy. And go thank listen you. to the... Go listen to the stacks. Pull it up right now. It's yeah. a fantastic literary podcast. We love our we love literary podcasts here. Yeah. We love any way to like you know get to listen to new books. Tracy has so many books that like you know so many authors and guests who like you know you will love to listen to. So yeah, go check out the stacks. Thank go get you. some merch. Um, yeah. The what is it? The fo- the fubu the fubu blue. Blue, blue blue the blue. flu blue shirts will be coming soon don't worry soon. we got that there um tracy if you need a ghostwriter and agent i'm available okay, I i'll will... send you my manuscript it's <laughs> and i got tweet. you Listen. it's a tweet that says i hate writing <laughs> and this will be your zola this will be yeah. your zola i'm excited <laughs> no tracy thank you again listeners you have a great and beautiful rest of your day go you know do something nice for yourself um whether that's you know picking up a good book to read or I don't know, what do people do that are nice to themselves? Um, have that cup of wine before 3 p.m. Why not? Mm. It's, why not? It's, uh, we're, it's, we deserve it. It's since we've deserved it for the past few years. Um, but yeah, go have fun and come back soon to listen to our great episodes. You have a good one, Tracy. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.